the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is SoCal Live with Scott Furrow. Join the conversation now by texting Scott in the SoCal Live studio at 213-537-3812. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Southern California Live. I am Pastor Scott Furrow. Great to be with you today. Lots of tough stuff in the news, but if you're listening in SoCal, hey, it's sunny out and uh, almost warm. Get outside and enjoy it because it's going to rain tomorrow. I went outside. I went outside for a while, sat outside, did some work outside, got some sun on my face. It's not even that warm, really, but it feels warm. You know, I like to say that whatever's going on in your life, whatever things are happening, take a few moments each and every day to do something that you enjoy, even if it's just simply going outside and sitting in the sun. I think it matters. You never let your current circumstances take away whatever joy you can find in each day. It's just something to do. All right, so here's a question for you. Do you think that we should have armed guards in schools based upon the shooting in Nashville. And uh, we, you know, we ask these questions all the time when the school shootings come up. And then let me ask you this. How about churches? You know, the, the whole idea of what's happening with the increase in shootings and gun violence and the fact that probably nobody's really going to do anything about it. Um, I mean, eventually we're going to have to act, right? We got to do something. So there's a lot of questions being asked about this. And in particular, just uh, what are called soft targets. This is Jonathan Wackerow uh, describing this. You know, oftentimes social media can be used as an outlet for rage, and we have to be able to identify that better. The second part of this was there was a significant amount of planning and preparation put into uh, you know, this attack. So everything from pre-attack surveillance to mapping the target location, identifying the easiest pathway in. And three, three is the targeting. They, they targeted a soft location, right? So well, we're, we're hearing in the reporting earlier that there was a mall that was potentially you know, targeted, as well as this uh, you know, school, houses of worship. They're all soft targets. He mentions, you know, houses of worship in that. I think that that's a, uh, something that should perk up your ears if you go to church somewhere, right? And uh, what do you think? The number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. You can also send me an email at SoCalLive at KKLA.com, uh, SoCalLive at KKLA.com. I think that these kinds of discussions, maybe you don't remember, but right before the shutdown, right before the COVID hit and all of that kind of stuff, There was a lot of conversation that was going on in churches and elsewhere about the same thing, about whether or not we should have armed guards and police officers at schools and, you know, whatever you call them. There's different names that they're using for school security officers, but they're police officers, basically. And churches were having this conversation. And the reason was, is there was a lot of school shootings that were increasing. There was also church shootings, if you remember. There were shootings in just various places. This was a pretty serious conversation. And then the COVID happened. And a lot of things, when things got shut down, you know, maybe one of the benefits of that is we got a break from that. It was you know, it's awful that we needed a break in the first place. But I remember thinking at some point during that, that we've got a break from a lot of this. And because it was getting pretty bad. It was as a pastor, it was one of the conversations we were having. 
And, you know, I think that we're kind of back to where we were before and these conversations are going to come up. I wonder how you, you feel about it. I'll share a little bit about some of the conversation we had. But, you know, things have changed over the last years. This is uh, Scarborough on MSNBC discussing that today. They don't want to hear anything, despite the fact that those of us who are gun owners, those of us who have always been supporters and defenders of the Second Amendment, understand that something has gone radically wrong over the past quarter century. Columbine, that was supposed to be the exception to the rule. But then we had the theater in Aurora. Then we had the shooting at Virginia Tech. Then we had Sandy Hook. Then we had one mass shooting after another. And it continues to pile up. It does continue to pile up. Now, what he's griping about has more to do with legislation that gets passed. But I, I'm not I'm not convinced. Maybe I'm just cynical, but I'm not convinced that we're going to pass anything that's very meaningful, at least any time in the near future. Maybe we'll talk about the the depth of that later and why. But I do think we've got to respond somehow, right? You can't just say, oh, well, because part of what he was saying is that everybody just says, oh, well, let's just keep living on. I don't think people are saying that. I think people are struggling with what to do. Um, I think people realize that there is some kind of response that needs to happen. I'm wondering if we're going to be a culture that has just a lot more armed guards. You know, we got away from that during the COVID because after the uh, riots over the summer and, you know, defund the police, one of the targets of that was removing the officers from schools. Did you know that? There was all this celebration for taking the police officers out of school. And that was part of the defund the the, the the police movement, you know, and for a while when uh, when there were no schools, you know, for a year, year and a half, two years, depending on where you lived, uh, you're not going to have a lot of school shootings when the kids are at home on Zoom. But uh, it's back. And, you know, you know, now those same people are trying to put the police back into schools. We're, we're getting back to sort of the reality of the situation, but we haven't dealt with it. I'm wondering about the, the psyche of it for your school, maybe your workplace, maybe your uh, church. 888-528-2557 is the number, 888-528-2557. Ted in Los Angeles, welcome to Southern California Live. Scott? Hey, Ted, how are you? Good. How are you, Ted? City of the Angels. Um, yes, uh, you know, when I was in school, junior high, and uh, we called it junior high back then. Right. Um, and uh, But at any rate, and, and in high school, we always looked up to the police officers. I mean, at Venice, these guys were driving iron. They were in the weight rooms, and they were role models, and it was just a, a, a respect thing, like, you know, that's a real man, you know what I mean? And uh, these guys are benching more weight than we were as the football players. So I always felt it, it was just, just their presence alone you know, keeps people in check, you know, and yeah. I, I really, really respected that. Ted, did you and, have police, uh, like, at your school, though, like, growing up? I don't. Oh, yeah. You did? Okay. And you grew up here in Los okay, Angeles, I think you told me one time. They were packing. They were packing on and, your uh, on your campuses. Oh yeah, oh yeah. They 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 were undercover or not undercover. They weren't in they weren't in uniforms uh, back then. They didn't have, pull up in cop cars unless they were parking it around the corner. I don't know or parking it, but no, they were police officers there, and uh, and they had every right or, or every authority to pull you aside. And they pulled me aside at one time, and they. Uh, told me to watch my behavior. I'm sure I they did. did, Ted. And did you yeah. uh, did you pay attention to that? Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. I, I, I passed twelve classes my senior year. 
when I, you know, when I was only getting D's, yeah. uh, because back back then they they ruined a lot of athletes. They allowed them to get, yeah. you know, four D's. Now, four Ted, D's, you could play football. Now, Ted, yeah. I don't I don't want to date you really, but I'm I'm wondering at the time when you were in school, was was there police officers on every campus in the uh, Southern California area where you were, or uh, was it just some campuses? Do you have any idea? Uh, uh, you know what? I had no idea. I just stayed focused. I was yeah. there to play football. If I, if I didn't have football, I wouldn't have went to school. That kept me in school. Sports kept me in school. You know, it's important for students, uh, you know, as teachers, sure. surround what yeah. surround what the kid likes yeah. and then take their education and build it around what they like, and it'll keep them in school, you know? Yeah. All right, so Ted. I appreciate, uh, appreciate your call yeah. today. Thanks for calling Southern California Live, 888-528-2557. You know, we were. I mentioned the when the shutdowns happened. Before that, we were having a lot of conversation about church security and how to do it. And one of the things that we did at our church is we actually signed a contract with a group that what this organization did was they would provide security guards. They were they were off duty police officers basically, and they would come to your campus for your church events, for church on Sunday morning or church on uh, on uh, you know if you had a special event or something. And, uh, you know, it was there was an interesting conversation about this because you could have people come in police gear like they would show up and they would be in their police officer uniform or they would be undercover. And so the undercover police officers, you know, what they would do is they would stand around and uh, eat donuts and chat with you and uh, shoot anybody who wanted to come up and shoot you, I guess, is what they would do. You know, and then honestly, what they would have done is they would have stayed outside, you know, during the church service. They would have there was a whole procedure for this. And they would sort of fit in with everybody, but they were really keeping watch, and they would stay outside. I don't know if you've had this happen in your church, but one of the things, we had a lot of break-ins at our church, and we had thefts even on Sunday morning. And I learned something from the police one time, that a lot of people who just want to rob you, they will come in, and they will eat your donuts, and they will have your church coffee, and they will hang out with you. And then uh, when everybody goes to church, you know, everybody goes inside, and then a lot of our churches, right, the ushers, everybody at some point gets inside— well, then they're the only one outside, and then they go in the choir room and rummage through your purses and take your money, and they'll go down to the youth room. One time we had a youth director. We had all this on video, right? We had video surveillance, and we watched the guy just ruffle through, you know, rifle through everything and finally found, found a youth director's backpack, took his iPad, took his eyeglasses for some reason. I guess he was the same prescription. Took his wallet, took everything, and just slowly walked out the side door. We had video of it. Uh, couldn't see his face, though. He was smart enough to not look up at the camera, or the cameras were lousy. It was probably what it really was. Uh, and the police said, oh, yeah, this happens all the time. People, uh, everybody goes to church, and they forget and leave doors open, and, and that happens. And, you know, so we talked about there were interesting questions dealing with this, and it was always a pretty heavy conversation. Some people felt like we should have officers that were visible because it might – just prevent anything from happening at all. People would say, oh, there's a police officer here. I'll go to the next one, right? Um, but other people said, no, we can't, have, we can't have police standing here because what if people? we want to bring people who have got warrants? And we had people in our church with warrants. We had people in our church uh, who were criminals, uh, people who would gotten out of jail, people on parole. They get a little nervous, you know, uh, rightfully so if you got the warrants. There's a video, a viral video going around right now that's hilarious. There's a guy at a 7-Eleven or someplace, and he's getting ready to buy some, you know, candy bars and chips, and he tosses them down on the counter. Well, behind him is a police officer, and you see this guy casually kind of look behind him, and you see him notice the police officer, and he just storms out. He doesn't pay for anything. And uh, everyone's going, well, that guy had warrants. He was just out of there. 
uh, you know, so there was a conversation, too, about the the environment at church and what does this do to it? What does it do if you have armed guards in your workplace, at church, or even school? Does it create an environment that is difficult to worship in or difficult to work or difficult for school? There are interesting questions. Maybe you've got some here. 888-528-2557. This is Southern California Live. Pastor Scott Furrow with you today, as always, from 3 to 5, 888-528-2557. Sam in Los Angeles, welcome to Southern California Live. Hey, Pastor Scott. Thanks for having me on. Hi, Sam. You know, I do agree with I do agree with you. Um, they do need to have some personnel, armed personnel, but not law enforcement. Many, many churches, church I'm included with, we have armed folks that volunteer, they serve, have past law enforcement or current law enforcement, but they work in a capacity in plain clothes. They're mic'd up, and they're well-trained with a lot of communication. And that serves as a fantastic deterrent to these types of incidents. Yeah, a lot of churches have uh, off-duty police officers. It, we had that, actually. We had two one time who did security, and, you know, I had to sit down with them and tell them not to get too crazy and don't sit across from each other. I don't want you to shoot each other. Um, no, but we do. It is, it's got to be communication involved and training involved and, you know, how to handle these kinds of scenarios. But regarding this, the incident that just occurred, it, it's really – it's somewhat hypocritical that it's politicized so poorly. We have six people that have been murdered. However, if you look at the statistics for the past weekend or two weeks prior in St. Louis, Baltimore, Chicago, there are so many victims, and there is nothing said. It's quiet. Yeah. It's absolutely quiet. It's, you know, they, it's, it's a very sad incident, but it's being politicized and used to push this anti-gun narrative um, even like the little clip that you have from Scarborough. But does he ever have anything to say about the countless that are slaughtered in these cities? And there's other cities, too. We're, we're not just talking about that. But there's mums the word because it doesn't have that impact. You know, I think it's that, yeah, as, it doesn't have the—it's it not driving the, a political narrative— you know, I think so, I think that there's there's a conversation, Sam, that has to do with legislation, whether to have more or less or those kinds of things. And that's a political conversation. And that seems to be, at least on the TV news, right, the only conversation we're having when in the meantime, we have to respond somehow, right? The 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 business, the school, the church, the public place, regardless of however they want to mess around on TV or in Washington, you can't just throw your hands up and say, oh, well, it's up to them. You you got to do something, right? So, oh, no. And this and this goes back to we can't depend on the government to do things for us. We have to take action on a local vote. Like I said, our churches, the yeah. church makes the decision, hey, we're going to start a ministry that creates, uh, you know, a safety ministry. Yeah. All right. That they, they work together, train together. But yeah. thank you, Scott. Appreciate it. Thank you, Sam. Thanks for sharing that. 888-528-2557. I wonder if you have done this at your church, and if you're listening, and you've done it successfully, or or maybe you've had a hard time with it. Because uh, we had, you know, the, the hiring of officers is expensive. You know, we were, before the shutdown, we were looking into how to do that. But it was the same cost as a full-time employee is where that ultimately would have been. Um, and, you know, it's, um, so it wasn't something that actually occurred, the, the having people at every Sunday. Um, but most churches can't afford that. Um, you know, this little school where this happened, a lot of people are saying, why didn't they have an officer? Well, I don't know. There's 200 kids in the school. It's not a big school. Um, 
you know, it's uh, it's expensive to do this. There's insurance involved. There's all there's a lot involved with this. So there, are, you know, if you're going to be concerned about it for your business or your school or church. There's a lot that goes into it. 888-528-2557 is the number. Maria in Los Angeles, welcome to Southern California Live. Oh, thank you. Good, good afternoon. Hi, I just wanted to Hi. I just wanted to make a comment on the gentleman that he had police officers in high school. And at our high school in the 70s, uh, we also had police officers. And they, we had three of them, and they were dressed in nicely suits. Mm-hmm. And they would go through the school all throughout the day. But at the larger church I attended in the and in Los Angeles, um, they also, too, had real police officers that had retired yeah. from the um, department. At the church, they had, a, you know, walkie-talkies, and they were real police officers. And then I worked for a school district in Los Angeles, and we used to have school safety officers right. at each of the entrances, but you couldn't get in unless you showed your ID, sign in. But I don't know what happened to them. So when I started working at an elementary school, we just had um, walkie-talkies. And then we had lockdowns. So at my last school, I think we had a couple of lockdowns when you would hear the helicopters. And then the police officers would come over the walkie-talkie and said, lock everything. And then when it was over, they would call you and said, okay, we lifted the, the lock. So, yeah, it was. And then we had our drills and things like that. But at at the entrances, we didn't have that now. I don't know what happened to the School safety officers. Yeah, you know, Maria, I'm curious about this because when uh, Ted said that, I thought you had him at, uh, because I think he's probably talking about the 70s to maybe early 80s. Mm -hmm. And I don't remember that as a kid. Mm Um, but you yeah, yeah. you would agree you had the same thing, but then it disappeared yeah. at some point. It's gone. Right, right. Um, but they were so nice to you. They would talk to you, but they were dressed so nicely in their suits, and um, they had their walkie-talkies. And, yeah, they were good. It was really good. Yeah. Do you think really that in good. our culture today that could come back and people would have a, a similar positive view? Because some of the, the politics about it today is mm-hmm. is why maybe that's the reason that they were removed at some point. But, well, they should. Because, like I said, as an um, office worker, and they make the office where you can see everybody. The principal can see you, mm-hmm. and we talked, and we, you know, rang bells, got on the speaker. But you, a lot of times the office workers have to do everything, like be a nurse, right. be a yep. counselor. That's yep. what I did. Uh-huh. But, yeah, they, but we kept that school. We had several lockdowns and things like that. But you have to – in one school I worked at, elementary, we were close to the window – So when my supervisor would see um, someone pull up and they would say, does anybody know this person? So we would lock the door and find out if they look kind of strange. Yeah, I totally get that. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, they 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 work hard with the walkie talkies and everything. So it was a good. Okay. Hey, thank you. Thank you for calling, Maria. Thanks for calling Southern California Live. 888-528-2557. So interesting to me that there were school officers that disappeared. Maybe it wasn't at every school. Maybe there was some program for it, um, but then it disappeared. And, you know, it's a weird thing to have to sort of police that yourself. At at our church, there were times when during the week we would have lockdowns in a sense where if there was somebody coming by who I thought was particularly dangerous— and, you know, we get a lot of people walking in, and churches do, right? Any church, you've got people who walk in, and they often have a lot of problems, right, if they're just walking in. And sometimes they're homeless, and they want some money, or they just need a little bit of help here and there, and there's lots of issues. But some people are clearly 
angry, they're dangerous, and frightening. There have been times where I really thought, I'm in a lot of jeopardy here talking to this person. And I remember one time in particular, this particular guy was super angry. He was he was very angry. And I eventually walked him out and I walked him up to the parking lot and made sure he got in his car and he left. And then I went into, we had a preschool and I said, nobody's going outside today. And then I went back into the church and told the staff, we're not going to, uh, we're locking all the doors. You know what? And, you know, we didn't really have, you know, we obviously had 911 and that kind of thing we could have done. Um, but you you kind of have to make that judgment at some point. I'm thinking that we're getting to a point where um, maybe we're going to have to have armed guards. And I'm wondering what that, how you feel about that, what that means for us as a culture. You know, where are we at when we are in a place where you have to have armed people at your workplace, at all the schools, at um, your church even? And how do you feel about that for church? Like if you came into church, do you feel more comfortable that there are armed, say, armed police officers there? Or do you feel um, less comfortable? Do you think they should be wearing police uniforms or some kind of, uh, you know, some kind of way that they're, they can be identified as an officer? Or should they just sort of be plain clothes and fit into the crowd of things? What do you think about that? The number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. And as we talk about these things, I think that, you know, beyond whatever is going to happen or probably not happen with legislation, we're going to have to do something. We're going to have to have these conversations together. So give me a call, 888-528-2557. We'd love to hear what your church has done if it's working uh, or your business. It doesn't have to be a church. Maybe it's your business. Maybe it is uh, some other place that uh, you you hang out. 888-528-2557. I'll be back for your calls as the Tuesday edition of Southern California Live continues. Stay tuned. This is SoCal Live with Scott Furrow. Text Scott right now in the SoCal Live studio at 213-537-3812. The public is going to go back to understanding or questioning why we have so few restrictions on guns, particularly assault level type guns, that guns and gunfire are the number one cause of death with children and we really can't tolerate that anymore we owe it to the parents everybody that's attending every vigil in nashville feels that there needs to be a public response to this kind of tragedy and to say enough is enough that was nashville mayor john cooper responding to the shooting in nashville at the church and school yesterday and you're talking about response, and we've, we've mentioned that there's a, obviously there is a political back and forth that happens every time these things make national attention and discussion of legislation and all of that. I think very little is going to happen there, but there needs to be some kind of response. So we've been talking about the possibility of office, more officers in schools or even churches or even at your businesses, and I've wondered what you thought about that, particularly maybe at your church. Maybe you've had a security program that's worked well. How do you feel about it? 888-528-2557. Oliver in Encino, welcome to Southern California Live. Hey there. Well, I'm an armed guard. I drive around Encino. I drive around schools all the time. And I just got to point out the Constitution has the solution for this, that every able-bodied adult has the ability to carry. 
And we need to not give this issue away to the left who wants to go the way of every genocidal regime which takes disarms a society. We cannot give this issue up. Do you think that uh, yesterday I think I said I think where we're going as a culture in reality, like where we're actually going is that most of us will be carrying guns on us. Is do you, would you say that's where we're going, or you know, as somebody who's a security guard, does are there certain people you think should not be carrying? We can't forget that Satan is wrapped up in the ideologies that want to disarm people. I know people that are against any gun ownership, and they themselves illegally carry currently. Well, I mean, and yeah, it's, but it's do, an yeah, ideology. Do you ideologies aside, though, just practically speaking, yeah. You're suggesting that we're going to get to a point where everybody's just armed, kind of like the Old West. I'm not much different than any other civilian. I don't have, uh, you know, special powers, but I walk around in Ralph's with a gun. I walk around everywhere with a gun out in the open. No problem. Everyone just seems to think there's a magic to a shirt and a little badge. Do you? Is but this your job? This is like what you do? Else. Oh, yeah. 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 But do you feel like, as a security guard, and I'm interested in this, it, do you— since that is your job, you're the one hired to do that. Do you feel like other people um, who might just secretly be doing that, would they be in your way or are they helpful? If there was any, No, they're helpful. I I think also police interactions where people get shot would be a lot less hectic if everyone just expected everyone to probably have a gun. You know, they freak out. He's got a gun and and somebody's dead for, you know, when it could have been, no problem, because we have the right to carry a gun and defend ourselves. And that Dred Scott case, remember they said the reason a black man couldn't be called a citizen of the United States is because it would be horrible because he would be able to carry a gun in public yeah, wherever he went. Horrific I mean, this was always that. been understood to be a right. Yeah. This, well, is, no, this I, has I, always been understood. Yeah, I understand that. All right. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Oliver, very much for calling Southern California Live. Richard in Los Angeles, welcome to SoCal Live. Hi, Richard. Go ahead. Yes, sir. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't agree with the uh, the last uh, uh, person on the phone. I mean, that that would be like uh, the purge. You know, anybody get pissed off at someone? Excuse me, get mad at someone else. That gun would just come out and be blazing all over the place. So I don't agree. I think there's people that are trained for that. They go to the academy for that. They learn how to deal with those situations. And I don't think that's a great idea. But as far as do we need? Um, Security at our churches, I do. I, I, I believe we do. I think the government has pushed that, uh, that people need to be uh, have security at churches and at schools. The, the, the leniency on criminals when they commit a crime has caused all this. You know, so the government has pushed this. We, we, didn't, we didn't need it before when I was younger. We didn't need cops and, or security at churches or at schools, none of that, because our our, our discipline for crime was was harsh on on some individuals, but now now it's just the purge. Anybody can just do whatever they want now. Yeah, I think that uh, that's the reason we have to have this conversation, right? Is I think people understand that this is something that is uh, reality. Uh, thanks, Richard. Appreciate your phone call. I think Richard, you know, makes a point. If everybody's got a gun, the other side of it is even in places where there is open carry and stuff, there's an increase in accidental shootings. I mean, people right now today are calling 911 because you put onions on their burger and they said no onions in the drive-thru and they go back in and call 911 or we've seen some terrible things. You know, are we even a culture that can handle the responsibility 
of all of those things. But there is a reality that we've got to do something. I think uh, Richard's right. There is an, you know, not just an increase in violent crime. It's been worse before. We're just headed back to wherever it was worse, actually. And I think the philosophy is different. So it's probably, until we change that, it's going to continue to increase. 888-528-2557. Catherine in San Diego, welcome to Southern California Live. Hi, thank you. Um, I had a couple of comments, actually, and wanting to piggyback on a couple of things that the other people have said. Um, There are actually hundreds of laws in California on the books currently. Some of them might be outdated, um, but there are hundreds of laws on the books that are not enforced. And the reason we can't enforce them is, of course, you know, political things. But the gun laws specifically, there are lots of gun laws. And um, I know that, at least in California, you have to have a permit to carry a concealed weapon. Mm-hmm. And in order to get that permit, you have to be approved by your local um law enforcement agency so you have to take classes you have to prove that you are an accurate shot and um it's not just anybody can go out and buy one right we have like a a five-day waiting period and a background check and some of those are gun control measures um but i think that it kind of helps reduce the amount of people that can't handle onions on their burger going out and getting a gun um (laughs) But a lot and, of people, the, the onion on the, you know, those people, they, they have their guns either illegally or they, they purchased them legally and took no training. You know, there's right. you know, lots of problems and with that. But when it comes to like church security, that's a very good point. like when I, when I was putting that together, I did have a couple of people ask me if they could be on it. And they were so giddy excited about the possibility of having a concealed carry permit. I said, no, because I thought you just want to shoot somebody. Like you don't want to, yeah. like, like there's, there's something wrong here because you're so excited about this. Um, I well, want people with, with sober judgment on what it actually would mean to actually have well, to do that. Exactly. And I think a lot of times the people that go through the process of getting a concealed carry permit and go through the training do have sober judgment. Um, there are a lot of research um, surveys and data that's collected, and a lot of it is put out by mainstream media. However, the NRA, whether you subscribe to, you know, having guns or having guns, the NRA does a really great job of um, giving information about the other side. So for as far as accidental shootings, they're very, very rare. And, um, you know, the instance of a person being assaulted in their own home and having an assailant use the homeowner's gun on the homeowner, that's rare. Yeah, that almost never happens. A lot of times you hear actual articles where people, you know, with with their concealed concealed gun are able to thwart an attack. They are able to um, help their neighbor or, you know, stop a crazy person in a store or something. And a lot of times it's just having the confidence to hold it and to hold somebody at gunpoint until law enforcement arrives. Catherine, I want to go on to some other calls, but I appreciate uh, your your input on this, is that whatever we do with it, it's got to be, you got to have some training with it. 
you know, I just Googled it, you know, accidental shootings. There's a lot, actually, uh, and it's kids. And it's often what happens is they figure out where dad keeps his gun, right, and it's not locked up appropriately, and uh, it happens all the time, uh, many uh, in just the last couple of days. Uh, so there is certainly a, a level of responsibility that needs to happen with any gun owner. 888-528-2557. Rick in Santa Clarita. Welcome to Southern California Live. Hey, hi, Scott. Uh, Rick here. I wasn't sure if you got today. But anyway, I was uh, wanted to share with you that I go to a church in greater Los Angeles area, a large one, and they have uh, uh, guards, armed guards. They don't look like armed guards. They look like everybody else. Right. They're playing close. They, they, they're playing close. Yeah. And they walk around, and they're friendly, and they enter in to the services, and, they, and they're involved. Yeah. But they're also threatened, and they're going to be able to respond to something if something should happen. They're trained they're and they're able to and they're of, they're official, right? They're not there just on their own saying I'm going to be this. They the church knows they're there and um you know they're they're not just people who are like they're, taking it upon themselves. Yes, sir, they're hired by the church. Yeah. And so they're so they're actually there, you know, uh, and they kind of trade off between you know, a certain amount on on a Sunday to a certain amount on a different Sunday yeah. that are different. Yeah. So they trade off yeah. a little bit, so people don't really get used to just the same people that are standing around or 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 involved. Right. There's and a, I also the, wanted to share with you. I wanted to share with you that I grew up in the seventies, sixties, and seventies, really, in in in, uh, in San Fernando Valley, and we. I went. I was not a good kid. I had a lot of problems. And I went to a lot of schools, got kicked out, went to a lot of schools. We had narcs in those days, they called them. Right. And they were they they were also fairly cool, but they didn't let people get away with stuff. So that was you felt protected, even though you know you might be on the on the outside of you know being a good kid, but still you felt protected. Yeah. And I, I don't think that's a bad thing. No, I think you're right. Rick, I need to get going here. Thank you for calling Southern California Live. You know, Rick was talking about a big church. A lot of big churches have that security. I'm curious about small churches. You know, most people go to small churches. You know, there's thousands of small churches. And, you know, hiring people to be guards and having the training and stuff when you have, you know, extra resources to do that is one thing. But what do you do when you're a church of, you know, 100 people or 50 people or, you know, a smaller number uh, or even just, you know, you just can't quite do it. Uh, I think it's a reality, something we're going to deal with all over. I see your calls. i got to take a break. So Lenny, Denny, and Donna, and Jerry, and others, I'll get to your calls as soon as we come back. This is Southern California Live. We'll be back as the Tuesday edition continues. Stay tuned. This is SoCal Live with Scott Furrow. Join the conversation now by texting Scott in the SoCal Live studio at 213-537-3812. Welcome back, everybody. Southern California Live. Let's get to your phone calls. We are talking about the security needs that churches have, your company has, schools have, and getting your thoughts about that. Lenny in Los Angeles, welcome to Southern California Live. Hey, Scott. I'm sorry. Did you say Lenny? Yep, I said Lenny. Go ahead, Lenny. How are you doing, Scott? Um, So having security at schools, churches, I think it's a great idea. I just think that eventually what's going to happen is uh, one of those security guards is going to turn and possibly be the shooter. Um, 
So maybe a way to solve that is to have two or three, you know? Yeah, do you feel like it's because people would be doing it maybe who aren't are untrained or that the wrong person would be uh, chosen to do that? It could be the wrong person. Again, these things happen completely randomly and unexpectedly, so eventually I feel like that could happen. I mean, I think it would be less. I think having security in schools would help, but I was just thinking about it, and, you know, eventually one of those guys might, you know, become the shooter. Well, that could happen, I I guess. <clears throat> Excuse me. Thank you, Lenny, for, for that. You know, you... I think that's why we've got to have some sober-mindedness with this and and training. I think it's a reality that churches and companies and others are going to be um, hiring people uh, to come and be guards. And that'll probably work to deter, you know, this person who did the shooting in um, Nashville. She sent a message to a friend saying, I'm ready to die today. You're going to see it on the news, you know, and it was a suicide note, basically. Um, she knew she was going to die. She knew that that was going to happen. But I think that a lot of people who do this uh, might be deterred. But there's problems. Um, and, I, you know, I think that the more likely the problem is going to be a mistake. Somebody who's overzealous, who sees somebody who, um, you know, reaches in their pocket or somebody who's acting suspiciously. Um, I think those are the things that happen um, more often. Uh, Donna in Orange, welcome to Southern California Live. Yes, hi, good afternoon, uh, Scott. Thank you for taking my calls. Um, you know, what happened to our church one night uh, is that uh, uh, three or four people broke in with guns, and they were naked. Huh. I mean, they were clear. that was clearly a, a work of the devil, and they were there to do something evil. What did they and, do? Uh, well, the police came immediately. There was a, an alarm, and yeah. they, the police came immediately, and they were arrested but after that, um, uh, they had armed guards at the doors, big guys packing pistols, yeah. and they'd search you and they'd look in your purse. And I, I didn't mind having to get there a little earlier to get in on time. I, I didn't mind. Um, I was grateful. You were grateful I, I for the grateful. security being there. Well, especially, yes, I yes, think, yes, after that, that so kind bizarre. of a break-in, it's, it is very scary, um, that kind of thing. Well, I'm sorry that were you there when they broke in the naked guys? <laughs> no, this happened in the evening. Well, okay. <laughs> I don't this know what the, in the I guess uh, and... the, the naked robbery would be a distraction. Uh <laughs> somehow you wouldn't know what to do with that, but uh uh <laughs> um, all right, hey Donna, thank you uh for that. And uh, you know, I think that's a big thing for people is do you feel safe or would it keep you from uh coming? Denny and Encino, welcome to Southern California Live. Hi, Pastor Scott. Thank you so much for taking my call. You're my welcome. comment will be really brief. Um, I love your show, by the way. Thank you. I just wanted to share, my daughter is two, and she goes to a, a private school, and the setup that they have is you have to punch in a code to get through the door. Right. And they constantly remind the parents, no tailgating, that sort of thing. Well, the school is located right next door to the CHP. Oh, that's and convenient. The yeah. The only thing is, um, the, there's a portion of the school exposed to the street on the front side. Yeah. And that has always been a concern of mine because that's where the little kids are playing. You could see them from the street. But I've worked with the school for a few years now, and they've not had any problems. Even during COVID, um, it was really difficult for parents because they didn't even let us in. 
you know, we had to sit outside and wait right. for them to bring us our children. Yeah. But um, my other comment is I just wanted to share that when I was in high school, we had undercover um, police officers, kind of like 21 Jump Street, okay. where they were. Johnny Depp, was at your, yeah, your school? That's amazing. <laughs> But the, the, the police officers looked like students, so we we didn't know who they were. We we were aware that they were there, yeah. but we didn't know who they were. And it seemed to deter the crime uh, level in our school just for a season until, you know, the gangs moved in. Mm. But um, that was it. I just wanted to share that. All right. Hey, thank you for calling and for, for listening. Would you like a Southern California Live mug, coffee mug? Oh, I would love one. Hey, hold, hold on. I'll have a producer get your name and address. We'll send you a mug. Thank you so much. God bless you. All right. God bless you. Hold on. Uh, all right. Um, the police look like students. You know, <laughs> uh, all right. Do they go to class? Do they sit there? And I don't know what they do. All right. Uh, Jerry in Los Angeles. Welcome to Southern California Live. Jerry. Hello. You, go ahead, Jerry. Jerry yes. Uh, God bless you, brother. Um, Listen, I, I don't know if this could help, but I have a testimony. The, the reason I came to the Lord yeah, 30 years yeah. ago, 32 years ago. Now I'm a pastor, but 32 years ago I came to the Lord because I had the thoughts in my heart. I wanted to go to a crowded place and kill people. Mm. Never thought of kids, but I thought of Marcus. I had so much anger in me, so much hate. I was angry towards God, towards my family. I grew up in gangs. I grew up in violence. And, you know, and, and we could get guns anywhere. I mean, we could get illegal guns anywhere, you know, that yeah. have, that's no problem. You still can. So, yeah, and, and you know, that's what scared me a little bit because I wanted to go to a crowded place and I didn't want to kill people, you know, I was so much angry. My wife told me, go get help, they'll help you. I said, no, because all they're going to do is drug me and lock me in because I'm dangerous to myself and society. So 32 years ago, I mean, I'm just sharing this to whoever's here, and I came to the Lord, and I told the Lord, Lord, if you're real, please help me, man. Help me, please. I want to do something crazy. That's 32 years ago. Now I'm a pastor, now I'm reaching the souls out there and preaching to the souls. I tell people, now go to crowded places and tell about Jesus Christ, our Savior. And that's just a testimony I wanted to share to those who are listening, maybe. And uh, that's what that was I was going through. You know, the devil was uh, attacking my mind, and I want to do something crazy like that. And uh, I thank God I didn't. And yeah. I thank God that I'm saved now. And I've been serving God for over 32 years. I've been pastoring for 25 and God is good, man. God is real. Well, God bless you, Jerry. And are you a pastor here in uh, Southern California? I pastor in City Terrace, East Los Angeles, uh, borderline. All right. Good for you. And you you came to Christ. You know, your, your testimony, I think it matters a lot, because part of what we're talking about here is that with the, the argument about gun legislation and kind of surfacey things that, you know, happens in Washington or happens on the news— we're not getting to the anger that drives people to be homicidal, right? The mm-hmm. the anger that you were feeling, you, you can't legislate that away. Right. Right. And you knew you could go get guns. That's the other part of it is it's totally available. I can go oh. get myself one right now if I wanted to. I know exactly where I would go. Oh, yes. No yeah. problem. Oh, yeah. And uh, so you came to the Lord. I think that's a great testimony. I think it matters for lots of people who are dealing with the same thoughts and the same frustrations and anger that you had. Thank you for sharing that. No problem. Yeah. Hey, can I send you a mug? Uh, I'm not a coffee drinker, but thank you very much. All right. You can put something else in it if you want to. <laughs> All well, right. We'll save one for That's okay. All right. Hey, Jerry, thank you so much for calling Southern California Live.
Thank and you. God, God, bless. God bless you and your ministry. You know, what a great, uh, a great story right there. Uh, and that's a big part of it, right? Is that, and by the way, what he talked about, you know, what saved, what saved people's lives, the people who he would have otherwise killed is he came to Christ. You know, this is a lesson too, for the church that we're talking about the idea of protecting ourselves, but our job is not even to stay alive or be safe. Our job is to make disciples. You know, if we want to really make a difference, I'll tell you what, and this is absolutely true. You're called to make disciples of Jesus Christ. You and me, that's what we're called to do. We're called to lead people to Christ that, you know, regardless of what happens in our culture with the violence and all the stuff, that's what we are called to do is lead people to Christ. And when people are coming to Christ, that's, that is evidence of us doing what God's called us to do. But there is a byproduct. The byproduct is the culture gets better when people genuinely come to Christ. I don't mean people who just say, oh, I'm coming to Christ, but they don't really believe it. I mean, people like Jerry who genuinely come to Christ, it saves lives. That's not why you're doing it, because what you want is Jerry to go to heaven. You want your friend, your violent, angry person to get saved and go be with Jesus forever whenever they pass away. But when the Lord comes into somebody's life, it's, he starts to deal with the anger. One of the fruits of the Spirit is self-control, right? Patience, faithfulness, all of those things. That's what happens. There is a byproduct of faith, and it's a better, better community. That's something that for us as Christians, we've got to have a grasp on when we have these conversations. Uh, it's, it is, you know, it sounds like a churchy thing to say, but it is so real. And Jerry's testimony is exactly what I'm talking about. All right, let me see if I can get to a couple more before we're done. Dominic in LA, welcome to Southern California Live. Dominic, you with me? All right, I'll come back there. Luis in Anaheim, welcome to Southern California Live. Hello? Hi, Luis, go ahead. I only want to say that um, I like the idea that one of the callers said about having uh, security yeah. in the schools and, like, churches. But I think I think uh, one of the biggest issues that I noticed in society now is that a lot of people are not qualified for the job that they have. They're, they are not trained yeah. fully, and they, they don't really get paid. Like, when you're younger and you want to pick a career, it's, like, it's difficult. Now a lot of the careers out there are not even careers anymore. They're, like... They're just jobs. People that people that are holding the, the the career position, the way they're not qualified, they don't. It's not even a career choice yeah. anymore. It's more like watered down to like a job. Yeah, you know the whole thing has changed, hasn't it, in our culture? Um, yeah, training and and people's uh, ability to do things has changed a lot. Thank you for calling, uh, Luis. Uh, and for listening to Southern California Live. Everybody, we're out of time for this hour. You can get the podcast of our show by going to our radio station website and looking for Southern California Live. And I think it's keyword Scott if you type that in. Or go to Spotify or wherever you get your podcast and look for Southern California Live and click subscribe. You never miss a show. We'll be back for hour two as the Tuesday edition of Southern California Live continues. Stay tuned. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here. Here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. And I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.